Hello and welcome to Why It Matters. This is a podcast for leaders who know that relevance is a moving target. I'm Michael Goff and I'm the Strategy Director at Spark Studio. This is a collection of interviews with leaders who are passionate about something that is being overlooked. Sometimes that will be a brand, a product or a service, but it can also be an idea, something that has lost its value for many. And to re-express relevance, you need someone with vision. Illustration brings a very human element, but it also brings a, a culmination of years of how that person processes the world, how they communicate with other people. So I feel like in that sense, illustration is like a language you learn and you have to develop. Being remembered is at the heart of a good brand, particularly at the point of purchase. An illustration can be a great way for a brand to carve out a distinctive and memorable look. Zoe Barker is an established illustrator and artist based in Norfolk. She has an enviable client list that includes the likes of Harrods, Cartier, The Telegraph, Radio Times, Red Bull and Virgin Atlantic, amongst many others. She was also once an employee of Sparks, which you'll hear more about in our discussion. So given her career progression since leaving us, I was keen to chat to her about why illustration matters. Well, I'm delighted to welcome Zoe Barker onto Why It Matters. Hello, Zoe. Welcome to the show. Hello, Michael. Very nice to be here. Give our listeners a bit of context. Where are you? What part of the world are you in at the moment? I am currently in Norwich in Norfolk. I'm at home today, but I'm normally working in my studio in the in the city centre. And obviously we're talking today about why illustration matters as our topic. Perhaps you could just start by giving us a bit of background to your route into illustration. How did you end up as an illustrator? So from a very early age, I loved drawing and making things um, and always had an idea that I wanted to be an artist when I was older. Didn't really know how that looked or how to get there. Um, So ended up on an art foundation course um in Great Yarmouth and it was probably one of the best years of my life um the first time I was kind of studying exactly what I wanted around fairly like-minded people um and at the time I did lots of quite intricate paintings um very fine art based um so then subsequently went to study fine art at Kingston University in London when I arrived I quickly realized I was on the wrong course I hadn't really I mean, I think maybe my foundation course was quite broad and we didn't really hone in on certain things. And um, the fine art course I found myself on was very conceptual. And as much as I liked that, I was quite traditional and all of the people's work that I loved happened to be illustrators. So I had some chats with the people on my course, the course leaders, the illustration course at Kingston and some of them had said, oh, you should probably reconsider and join an illustration course at a different uni. Mm. So, oh, uh, that's not really a viable option. I've just kind of shelled out for my first year of uni. <laughs> I'd left Suff- Suffolk where I grew up and was loving being in London. So I just kind of persevered and I ended up really loving my fine art, art course. It definitely taught me how to think visually and probably the best thing I learned was how to be critiqued and how to take criticism which there was lots dished around on a fine art course and I specialised in drawing so I really enjoyed that um, but then coming out of uni 
I was completely clueless. So just asked as many people in kind of semi-creative fields for advice. Started making an online portfolio and a website and eventually very generous design studio let me have some work. <laughs> that, that, that would be sparks. Yes, eternally <laughs> grateful. So I did my first few commissions and literally remembered sitting at my desk in my shared house and thinking this was what I always wanted to do this is it like I love this and that kind of reaffirmed that's what I wanted to do and then Sparks as generous as they were then helped me to learn some design skills because again completely illiterate with Adobe software so I started doing more illustration for Sparks and they taught me how to switch on a Mac and do lots of other things on a Mac (laughs) Um, which was which was a game changer. And then from there, just kind of started reaching out to people to potentially commission me, build an actual illustration portfolio rather than a fine art portfolio, and then have kind of been freelancing mostly ever since. So when did your freelance career start? How long have you been out sort of doing it solo as a So I graduated in 2007 and probably solidly freelancing from maybe 2011. I've always had kind of part-time jobs to top me up when needed and also for my mental health because I've had a few dips with that where I've found freelancing very difficult but now I'm loving freelancing and I've I've learned so much along the way about how to keep routines and how to keep a check on my mental health while freelancing and now I wouldn't have it any other way but it's definitely not been the kind of oh I just got spotted first year out of university and I'm a success story it's definitely felt like a a bit more of a just keep going and something might eventually happen you know um which you know as my dad says would be character building (laughs) (laughs) very good sage advice indeed so once you sort of made that sort of transfer into illustration, moving away from the more sort of conceptual fine art background, what was it that, what was the itch that illustration was scratching that you just weren't weren't feeling in the, in the fine art world? I think, to be honest, I felt like a little bit of a fish out of water in the fine art world. I felt like I was more inspired by illustrators than fine artists at the time. I felt like the art I was being exposed to when I was at uni again was quite conceptual versus the illustration stuff that I was looking at was very kind of people refining their craft and drilling down into the materials they were using and it just seemed like more of an accessible world than the fine art world where I'd go to these private views and I'd just feel really like I didn't belong Um, not that I didn't find the work that I was seeing really inspiring and some of the work like yeah yeah I really did find inspiring but I just was drawn more into this kind of slight work with a bit more purpose and substance. And I think I saw all of the illustration students with their briefs and like they were in at least nine to five every day working to set rhythms. Whereas I'd turn up and apart from a few friends, there wouldn't be many people in the studios. And I just felt like the illustration work ethic kind of appealed to me more, Um, even though that sounds a bit strange. But yeah, working to a brief was definitely what I needed. I felt a little bit out, out at sea. I mean, your your career has really kind of flourished. Um, I think the thing that sort of I've, I've noticed is that you're now 
you've got some pretty heavyweight clients that you can put on your your list of those that you've worked with. I think you've worked with Liberties and you've amongst others. And I think there's Bobbin Bikes are in there somewhere as well. I just <laughs> yeah. remember that you did some stuff for them. As you look back on the development of your career and the progress that you've made uh, to the place where you've you've got to now why does illustration matter what is it that you have discovered about illustration that is, has been really important I think with illustration it's always tied to the illustrator which sounds really obvious but illustration brings a very human element but it also brings a, a culmination of years of how that person processes the world how they communicate with other people so I feel like in that sense illustration is like a language you learn and you have to develop and not only just creating the illustration itself but how you engage with the person commissioning you how you how that relationship works all of these things that steadily you kind of learn and get better at over time and looking back over the past kind of 10 years I would have loved to have been working on the commissions that I'm working on now back then but I just couldn't have done it I wasn't ready um I didn't have the background knowledge I didn't know how to deal with sticky kind of situations or if someone said this is completely wrong I that would be me crushed whereas now it's like okay that's not right let's make this work let's come up with a better solution so I think yeah that's why I really love watching the gradual kind of progression of especially illustrators that don't follow trends um, and they've just stuck to what they set out to do over the years and it just gets better and better because it it doesn't fluctuate with whatever you're seeing on social media. Give us a little bit of insight into your creative process. How, how do you respond to a client's brief and and, and get the ideas going? Um, so to start with, I'll get as much information as I can from the client, um, preferably a call or a face-to-face meeting if, if the time allows and depending on the project. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm being commissioned to fulfil what they need. So the more I know about what they need, the better. Um, So after that, I'll just be doing brainstorms, lots of words and little scribbly um, sketches, and then lots of rough work. I think when I first started out illustrating, the idea of doing roughs was just like, oh, this is so boring. Let me just get on, (laughs) crack on with the final. But since I've been learning to use a rough as kind of more of a bedrock and that's the thinking stage and ironing out all of the creases to then work on something really detailed to finish it's just such a better process so lots of rough work and also like I'll communicate as much as I can with the client throwing those roughs backwards and forwards to make sure that in most cases once you produce the final illustration they're aren't really any amends or as few as possible so yeah i mean i guess the equivalent for us in a design context is those sort of the sort of brace of initial ideas that you would generate to kind of get the ball rolling and get the client thinking about the the potential and then using their feedback to sort of hone in on and shape the the kind of preferred direction yeah exactly and i think also it's it's funny because i've pretty much used all of the approaches that you taught me at sparks when i first started (laughs) you know, the brainstorms and then the images and I'd even lay it out like you guys did in InDesign just to get my thoughts because I knew that that was a a solid way of approaching a brief. So yeah, just methodically working through things and showing that in a way that the client can also understand and process the same things that you're thinking about is invaluable.
have you ever had a point where the approach or the style that you represent obviously every illustrator has their own sort of as you say their own kind of voice and their the look and feel to their style that it just isn't it just isn't clicking for the brand or the business that have commissioned what's that sort of process that when it is a bit more incongruous and and not quite kind of gelling that can be tricky that's definitely happened to me before or also people have come to me with which often happens with illustration people will come to you with the style of another illustrator and asking you to kind of work in that style oh really it happens more when you're a younger illustrator I think and I think it can be really easy to just jump on it and be like well it's work but actually it doesn't do any good and it doesn't kind of support the illustration community either um, but I think also a strength as an illustrator should be to turn down work when it's not appropriate yeah. um, because you'll only get yourself in a spin and it's always quite nice to suggest other illustrators who could fit the bill better but then at the same time I've had jobs where because I do work in a couple of different materials I've started off working in say kind of pen and um, colouring pencil and actually what they needed was something a little bit looser um, in watercolour a little bit more fluid and then that's kind of fit the fit the bill and I think again it's something to consider your flexibility because that can help you get a little bit more work too if you're not kind of set in stone as to how you work and certain briefs and certain purposes for your illustration it, it's better if you can bring a few options to the table um, and they're st- they've still got your kind of fingerprint on them on them but it might just not be as set in stone as one solid um, style you're saying there when clients come to you with a, a kind of expectation of you sort of molding your style to to another illustration direction i mean the equivalent for us is when you know the client comes and says well we want to you want to we want to look and sound a bit like apple or i think you know obviously there was smoothie innocent smoothies was was had its day and now it's kind of oatly everyone wants to sound and look sound like oatly uh, non-dairy products um and i think one of the challenges you've got that anyone has at that point is actually well what's your voice how does your voice how do you want to sound in that context exactly and do you really can you really identify and own your voice uh, and your look and feel for your brand so that actually you're not having to be kind of also brands of other brands you can actually stand on your own terms uh, in the marketplace yeah and i think also people are that much more visually aware now mm. um, if your brand hasn't got integrity and that isn't actually your authentic voice. People will see straight through it or you'll be commissioned to do something and you just don't, you can't bring that extra bit to the table because that's not your sincere style or approach. And for you, what, what's the role that illustration can play in shaping a brand? I think it's just an extra string to your bow. I think um, it's another dimension to articulate your voice. It's a way of solidifying your brand eat that, that bit more. It, it's so fluid as to what it can bring to your brand. It can bring kind of humour or um, accessibility or it can bring kind of a more high-end feel. I think it's silly not to consider how illustration could express your brand more clearly. Well, we certainly find actually it's a fantastic way to encourage personality to come out in a brand because at the moment that you get that sort of hand-drawn quality, it obviously that it, that it resonates a certain kind of characteristic um, and as you say it can be quite sort of traditional or austere or kind of luxury or it can be quite sort of jovial and friendly and the actual illustration style then reflects the brand values of the organization yeah definitely and i think when we are bombarded with so many images on a daily basis whether that's on our phones or 
in shops or billboards, wherever we are. There's so many images vying for our attention. Something with a kind of human element is going to grab you much more because it's got a a warmth to it because someone's created it and thought, thought through it more. And I think that just then gives you a bit of a kind of allegiance with that brand. You kind of soften towards that brand because of that. So I think it's quite a clever, if it's used well, I think it's a very clever vehicle for any brand. And who do you think is using it well at the moment? I think a lot of people are using it well. I think um, people that have always used it well, like Monocle, Rafa, The Guardian, always very, very big and and very uh, thoughtfully used illustrations. Um, But people like um, Arquette, Okay. I think yeah. they are very clever, and they have quite sketchy little, almost cartoony illustrations. Um, they're the they're the sort of fashion, sustainable fashion brand. Yes, right? and I yeah. think they're part of the H and M group, but the way their branding has positioned them is is kind of pulls apart. Their branding is really, really thoughtfully done, but yeah, their illustration just kind of adds a little bit of a quirk and funness to it and who else did I think of Drake's uh, a really good one for their use of again it's kind of them being like a Savile Row men's fashion house that could kind of come across as very inaccessible and quite highbrow but the the illustrations they use are quite warm and add a little bit of humour and personality yeah I think all of those guys are, are using it really well but even people like and Marks and Spencers, seeing such elaborately illustrated packaging, um, when you just look at when you're simply going around the supermarket, I think that's amazing. It's interesting actually thinking about the the retail banking scene as well. That the the proliferation of sort of challenger bands, the sort of Monzos and the Starlings and um, and others, that there seemed to be probably sort of five six years ago now that a sort of a, a kind of wave of interest in illustration. Illustration started to come through quite a lot in brands but almost we're now almost at the point where it's um everyone more certainly in the kind of challenger space and perhaps in in finance particularly there is that sort of flat graphic look look and feel that has now almost become like stock photography in that it it just all looks the same there's no kind no no kind of point of distinction and now ultimately brands have got to be memorable but if if all the illustration style is vanilla then you kind of lose that distinction Definitely. And I think with that, you lose the hand of the illustrator because I think it could just, like you say, be stock imagery. I definitely think you can kind of sense of a, a returning to more traditional mediums um, in illustration or just approaches generally. I think it's funny because I always felt a bit kind of, oh, my style is a bit oldie. Like uh, lots of people used to say it looked like an old man had drawn my work, which <laughs> I think is the best compliment. But I think it's really easy to compare yourself to stuff that does really well on Instagram, the kind of flat yeah. graphics, very bold colours. And you look on the, the illustrator's illustration feed and it's all the same kind of colour palette and um, very curated. And often with illustration, you, it's hard to be like that when you're being commissioned by so many different people and types of companies. It can't all look as consistent as that. And um, I think I used to kind of compare myself to those illustrators feeling a bit old farty compared to their kind of modern graphics Um, but I think I think there's a bit of a turning maybe I think the illustrators that have been using those approaches and it feels more like an artist than just turning Mm. out kind of nothing against those kind of styles of illustration because I think they're brilliant too but I definitely think there's a place for more 
more visibly hand-rendered illustration. And two, if you were chatting to a kind of head of brand or head of marketing who's thinking about the role illustration could play in their brand, what would you say to them as they kind of consider the options of where illustration fits into their sort of toolkit? I would say speak to an illustrator or as many illustrators as you can, as early as you can, but to use them as an expert. I think often an illustrator can be used as a hand you know, just a hand that draws. And I think working as an illustrator, you get such an awareness of how brands use illustration because that's generally what you're doing for them. You can be such an asset to them, kind of in the early stages, almost working, like you say, to work out how they can use illustration. They're an expert in their field as much as an art director or a graphic designer. So I think that's really crucial. And I think don't put a time limit on it. I think... Working out a house illustration style needs some real kind of throwing around of ideas and mulling over, seeing what works and seeing what doesn't work. And to come up with a house style, like you need to give that, like that's a major thing that can completely change the image of your brand. So not putting a time limit on it, having space to come up with ideas that don't work, going back to the drawing board, literally. I think it's a that's a big process that can't just suddenly be like, oh, we want illustrations like those guys can you can you replicate like that's a nightmare so to be like come in let's chat let's do some sketches let's have a think then let's come back again and do some more sketches and then we might be on the road to to you know designing a postcard or something for something you know something small yeah and yeah i mean i think what's helpful in that is just is remembering that you know in talking to the illustrator as an expert you're moving away from seeing illustrations as a kind of tactical executional uh, resource so actually something that is really strategic and actually can have a kind of a proper underpinning to help shape the tone the look and feel and the direction of the brand in a way that's really distinctive in the marketplace so yeah seeing them as a strategic partner rather than a kind of tactical delivery uh, supplier really important yeah i think it's kind of kind of like um when you're designing a book don't just get the illustrator in at the end to fill the spaces like yes they can help you build the book because they're so well versed in building books that they again can bring their expertise to make it that bit better Great. And what are the things you're working on at the moment? I am working on some magazine covers, which is really fun. Um, They're buildings, so doing lots of nice building illustrations. And I'm actually doing doing some portraits of local people at the moment for um, like a local guide that comes out. Well, it used to come out every year and it was one of the tools I used to convince my husband that we should move to Norwich. So... (laughs) So I'm quite grateful to them. So now I'm drawing lots of Norwich locals. So it's nice to have some portraits and some buildings on my drawing board. Fantastic. And so anyone who's sort of starting out or thinking about a career in illustration, what advice would you give? So the first thing I would say um, to anybody wanting to start out in illustration, say from an illustration course or, or not, try to separate yourself and your own identity from your illustration. I think it's really dangerous territory when you're trying to push something and make something out of one of probably your best hobbies and to put that all on yourself and push a bit hard. I think it can be quite stressful to suddenly have your hobby and your your most special thing to do in the world associated with your income and stress that comes along with that so I would say um, it, it goes along with trying to develop a bit of a thick skin like you are not your illustration as precious as they probably seem to you 
if somebody um, doesn't like your illustration, it doesn't matter. If they're your client, you kind of have to work with that. And if they're not your client, maybe the next person will like your style of illustration. So I think developing a thick skin is the most crucial thing. I remember going to a portfolio surgery one night after I was working at Sparks with my portfolio and I got some really lovely feedback and then the last person in the room who was I can't even remember he was from a publishing company I think and he just said don't bother you'll never be an illustrator Oof. bit of a low blow yeah. <laughs> um, oh, didn't really know what to do with that at the time but looking back it was a bit of a kind of stark reality of not everyone is going to like your illustration and the quicker you can know that the better and that goes along with social media if you don't get thousands of likes on every picture that you post on Instagram it doesn't mean you're no good so trying to separate yourself from that is a really important thing to do along with I would say having a part-time job I think it's a lot to throw yourself into trying to do something full-time creatively I think it's Mm. a really odd hard thing to do I've always had um, kind of part-time jobs I worked in a bike shop worked in a coffee shop and on borough market and I loved those jobs and I actually met some of the best people I know working those jobs because they were doing trying to do the same thing so they got it but those times I was actually really productive with my illustration because I knew the days I had to work on my illustration so I got stuff done whereas I think you can have weeks and weeks just to work on your portfolio and not be very productive and I think to be able to take yourself out of your freelancing when you're a bit stressed or you're just having one of those times when you don't think your illustration's any good at all yeah. um, just to go off to work is actually a breath of fresh air. We've got this sort of, sort of final slot where we like to ask our guests about the things that they're looking at and watching at. Is there anything out there that you've watched, read or listened to recently that you think is worth a look? Yes. I have been listening to the Handsome Frank podcasts, ah. um, particularly if you're wanting to pursue a career in illustration or if you use illustration a lot, your designers kind of, etc. It's such a good insight into how people work and their journeys to being full-time illustrators. They generally have the illustrator come to them or they go to their work spaces and um, they talk about their, how they became illustrators, how they work their routines, stuff like that, which I think is invaluable as younger illustrators are starting out. Um, For me, I think routine, where I work, how I approach briefs has been an ongoing journey. Um, And to see how other people, hear how other people have done it is really interesting and can be really helpful when you're starting out so that you don't make the same mistakes that we do. And on the same thing, they, they just brought out a little film about Matt Murphy on Hanson Frank and if you like music, if you like running, it is a breath of fresh air. When he approaches a brief, he you, you go into his like lovely uh, studio in Dorset, and when he approaches a brief, he picks a record uh, that he thinks suits the brief, and he plays that record as he works on it, and he goes out running. It just takes you through kind of his day and how he approaches, and it's just lovely. And I love running and I love music, so it was like oh great great video so i definitely recommend having a look at that very good so what's, what's the name of the illustrator matt murphy and it's a little film about matt murphy brilliant so thank you so much for coming on to why it matters to help us understand why illustration matters it's been a delight to have you thank you thank you so much for having me you've been listening to why it matters why it matters has been put together by spark studio the brand and design agency based in london 
To find out more about us, visit our website at sparks-studio.com. Join the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at hashtag whyitmatterspod or get in touch with me at whyitmatters at sparks-studio.com. Thanks for listening.